What's up, Narc Blossoms? I am Amanda McLaughlin. I'm Christopher McLaughlin. And this is Going, Going to, to the, the Chapel. Chapel. This podcast is a deep dive into the Fox television show 21 Jump Street that ran from 1987 to 1991. And just like in our marriage, I know nothing. And I know everything. And one thing I know is that the episode we're talking about today is one of my favorites. I don't know why I'm singing. Well, I do know why I'm singing. I sing everything. but It's true. Yes, so we are up to season one, episode nine, which is entitled Blindsided. I'd given a summary before, but this one is a very easy one to follow. We don't really need to give a summary, I think, of this episode. We can probably just jump right in unless you I have think so. anything you want to cover here. No, but... this one is actually very straightforward. And, you know, I just, I know it's been a minute since we've recorded a podcast, but as you all know, the world is imploding. Hmm. And this, the year of our Lord, 2020. It is currently May 7th, 2020. Also, I fell through our porch and broke my ankle. So that's what's happening in our life. So Nothing, nothing at all. Nothing at all. We are so bored. I was so bored that I thought, hmm, I would like something to do. I would like a reason to leave the house. So I broke my ankle just for shits and giggles. Yes. So anyway, shall we start with the episode? Sure. Yes. Uh, so this ran on um, May 31st, 1987. So we're almost like coterminous with uh, when it actually aired. A little bit earlier, but um, <laughs> what was that? Uh, 33 years ago almost. Yeah. Um, so interesting. So <laughs> the kids in that are basically in retirement now. Um, all right. <laughs> there is a... Um, we don't really need to get into it. There's there is a scene before the credits, what it called cold open, but it's really stupid and there's not much to talk about except for maybe Penhall's ripped jeans. Well, it is and... kind of important because it is our first actual appearance of Sal Blowfish. Oh, so he become important later? Yes. Yes. So this is we've actually discussed. See, I don't know these things. Right. Well, um, it it is kind of a weird cold open, um, but we have. In this episode, for the first time, the character of Sal Blowfish Banducci. And I talked about this before. I believe it was in America, What a Town. We had a random guy in the class, with, in, in the automotive class. And I was like, oh, he will be important later. So that is Sal Jenko. He it was like best friends slash roommates with Johnny Depp at the time. And so... Starting with this episode, I I really can't remember how many episodes that he's in, but he does become like a recurring character. So he is Sal Blowfish Banducci. And the reason his name is Blowfish is he basically blows on like a window or a piece of glass and his mouth gets all big. It's really big like a blowfish. And so that's what he does. That's what he does. It's like a party trick. Apparently it was a party trick that Sal Jinko actually used to do. I think I remember sometimes trivia just like floats into my brain that I've read years and years ago about the show. So I'm hoping that that is correct. And so this is our first appearance of him. And he's basically like a handyman around the chapel. Right. Um, Although apparently I don't remember where I read this and maybe I should go like to Wikipedia or IMDb or something and see if this is an official thing. But um, we get into it later in this episode, but there was some, speculation that his character was originally supposed to be like an internal affairs guy undercover which <laughs> is funny. which when you this character is like so like italiany new york guy or like guy and and so it's really funny to think about him as that but anyway so he was 
fixing the heater or something. Yes. But that's, so, yes, it, it's He's not, not important, important to, this episode. to the plot of yes. the episode, but he is, it is the first appearance of a fun, ridiculous, out-of-control character. I do like uh, this, you have the uh, prominent um, stained glass window in the shot. I always enjoy when they figure out ways of showing how that it's still a it chapel. It is a chapel. Yeah, anyway, so uh, after the credits, cut to a high school, shock there. Um, a high school? Although, of course, this is, and this is a recurring theme, all of these high schoolers, now many of them probably are in their late 20s, but they look like they're in their 30s. I think part of it most. is also because we have our main characters who are supposed to be, like, in their 20s, so we can't really put, like, a 14-year-old next to Peter DeLuise. That yeah, would look ridiculous. Yeah, weird, yeah. <laughs> like, he looks so young. Yeah. Well... But yeah, I actually, my notes say more 45-year-old high school students. Yeah. That's and also the I, theme. I, I had this theory that because the fashions are out of date now, we sort of think of it as like old people fashion maybe yeah, too. We, I, don't I know. think you talked about that last time. But yeah, because yeah. they're wearing like, you know, the mom jeans and very... And the hair, just the all sweaters. the hair, so much hair. and So yeah. much hair. Um, so this is also the first appearance of the McQuaid Brothers. Uh-huh. Ha! So uh, this is the first episode in which uh, Hanson and Pinhall go undercover as brothers, which is always funny to me because I'm like, who? They don't look remotely alike. Would think that <laughs> these two were actually brothers. I don't even know. But they are the McQuaid brothers, and so they're like these really rough guys who are like, you know, they often when they go undercover, they are kind of like bad kids who have had like a history or a... But basically... So they can infiltrate the criminal element. Exactly. Yes. So they are kind of these rough and tumble guys. And the outfits that they wear make my day. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I think you've talked about this, the um, Hanson is wearing a bandana, I guess, to appear tough. Ralph Jonathan. But the whole look is definitely like, Johnny, go home and raid your actual wardrobe. 100%. They were like, yeah. Johnny, just come to set mm-hmm. <laughs> and wear what you normally wear. Actually, even... Um, Deloise's like leather jacket strikes me as the kind of thing he probably had around the house too. But, Possibly, yeah. And yeah. he's in like jeans and like there's a lot of like flannel jeans. You would be amazed. Dirty. This is a little bit of inside baseball about theater and and movies in general. How many costumes now? Costume designers, especially on on, on modern type things, will you know crowdsource stuff, especially like community theater. Obviously, I think something as big as a network show, I'm sure, is 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 provided. Everything's provided, but like in community theater, I frequently wore my own clothes for certain things. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's a fun fun fact. Excuse me. Um, oh, and also, this is where I don't know if you want to go ahead and introduce our other main character because she does show, make an appearance in this first little scene. Well, she's kind of on the sidelines. She's on the sidelines, but it definitely gets a long lingering shot. And this is Sherilyn Fenn. Her oh character's God. name. Is what is it again? Diane. Diane. Uh, Diane Nelson, which we'll find out later. But um, the reason I point her out here is that she looks out of place because her like clothes are very almost nineteen fifties, like very yeah. She has this conservative a bow in her hair and seems very conservative. She is so pretty. Yes. So pretty. I don't know if you you probably if you know her at all you know so her from pretty. Twin Peaks. Uh, she did have an appearance uh, on Gilmore Girls. Yeah, she played in the later seasons. Um, she played the the um, mom of Luke's daughter. So when she comes and he finds out that he has a daughter, uh, Nardini, I think is their last mm. name. She plays the mom of. Oh right, of Luke's daughter. That character, and she's so pretty. 
Yeah. She's so pretty. And she's, she's, I also at this time was uh, Johnny Depp's girlfriend. girlfriend. They were dating um, at the time. And had been Which for a while. we're going to talk about in a minute. I think that affects this episode. Yeah, but. In a way to, that's not great. Interesting that that's the second person we've already talked about who had some connection to Johnny Depp. was obviously well, and bringing think, in his associates. I think that's but. still a thing, but like, you know, get your friends involved in your projects. Like, I can see how that would be a thing. Anyway, so, so but they what we first see is that Tom is complaining because they're trying to get these kids who are drug dealers in the school and he's complaining because it's going to take like another three, three weeks, weeks for him to yeah. be undercover and he hate he hates it. He hates being at the school, he hates being undercover, which What's funny to me about this is I guess he just doesn't like his character as to- of Tommy McQuaid because he's like the bad right. dude and he hates wearing those clothes. But it's funny to me because I'm like, isn't that your job? Like, isn't that what you do all the time? Like, yes, yeah. you're stuck at this particular school this time, but that's your job. Right. Like. Uh, and well, it's funny. He's like, are we going to bust the president of Columbia? To which Penhall says, the the country or the college? Which I, I it's <laughs> a, like, the kind of stupid wait, joke I'm here for. Um and so they also have made, like, no friends here. Well, of course not. Because, yeah. you know, they're trying to be bad guys. And so there's a couple of, there's, like, two guys that they keep getting into fights with, and then the other two guys who are actually the drug dealers. Yeah. The guys they keep getting into fight with, I think, of the preppiest-looking gangsters. They look like and, other bad guys in 80s movies. And the movies. one, the main dude, that Pinhall says, you take the little one or whatever it is yeah. he says, and Tom's like, the little one. Look, he looks seriously 45. Like, he looks yeah. like someone's dad. It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's and one pretty of, funny. one of the characters, I believe either one of the drug-dealing characters is Courtney Gaines. And the, this actor, his character's name is Birch. We don't, we don't learn the um, drug dealer's real names. It's Gibbon Birch. But Courtney Gaines is the red-headed kid who you all may know from Children of the Corn. Uh, the creepy yeah. red-headed tall <laughs> one. Yeah. Who screams, Outlander. Anyway, I love Children of the Corn. That's why I brought that up. Creeps me out. I love it so much. And, but, so, the first thing we see them do is that they start fighting. Oh, yeah, in the park. These two guys in the parking lot. And they are, and they are not holding back. Like, Like, I wrote down, is that really, like, I, I know they're undercover and they have to stay undercover, but is that really kosher for them to be beating the crap out of these kids? Out of high schoolers, yeah. And this is what... Diane, Sherilyn's Finn character, is watching. She's kind of in the sidelines watching them fight. And she actually speaks to Tommy and says, "Uh, a lot of people thought you wouldn't show. And he's like, we have to show. We're the McQuaid McQuaid brothers, brothers, you know, playing that. Well, what's funny to me about that is also there's no consequences for... I mean, there kind of are, but they get suspended at one point. Well, yeah, because it's so much... They just, like, go to homeroom. It's so much different now because, well, they... They end up getting them pulled off, and he's like, I know, I know, go to the principal's office or whatever it is. And it's like, it is weird to me because I understand that the idea of them being undercover is that they have to keep up this bad boy image and keep buying drugs from the kids who are doing the drug dealers because they're trying to find out who's dealing to those kids. Like, right. they're trying to go up the ladder. Yeah. And Hence the what's Columbia weird joke. to me is I don't understand how the rules work for them undercover because I understand that they need to keep their cover and they need to act all big and bad but I don't know if like beating the crap out of other teenagers 
what happens if their characters get suspended? Because then they're not, like, at the school. And I'm sure most of the time the the school doesn't even know that they're undercover. So it, yeah. it's, like, a weird balance, I would think. Because yeah, if you go, you hit somebody in the face and they're like, you're suspended. Or what arrest. Do you do, what do you do now? Or well, arrest. <laughs> so I went, I went to the city school in, uh, in Asheville. And what they would do to keep fights at bay... Just to make a point, there's usually a fight early in the year, and they would arrest the kids. Now they would never well, yeah, end up charging with it. They would take no... them downtown, fingerprint them, mugshot them, just to put the fear of God into everybody. Oh yeah. So I mean, you it, can ab- yeah. and you can absolutely ch- be charged. Like, well, as juvie, but whatever. Still, well, yeah, but it's still yeah. a charge. My yeah. brother has had to actually charge kids with stuff. He's, yeah. he's a my brother is. An uh, school officer, re- school a school resource officer. Sure, yeah. And I, we're hoping maybe to have him on the show sometime yes. to tell us <laughs> how, accurate how this ridiculous is. this is. I did randomly, I saw him the other day and I said, hypothetical question. If you were undercover for some reason at a high school as a teenage boy and you, oh, I don't know, have a relationship with one of the teenage girls, like, you know. He's like, oh, no, fired. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. Especially nowadays, <laughs> Thank you for yes. that information. And he's like, and probably charged. <laughs> yes. I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. All right, so moving on. <laughs> um, so after, yes, the encounter between Hanson and Diane, we cut to the bathroom. They kick all the kids out of the bathroom except for the two aforementioned drug dealers. And they buy an ounce of... Outlander. <laughs> they buy, <laughs> buy an ounce of... Is it, I'm assuming this is cocaine. Corn? No. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's cocaine. I was like, I mean, I could be you something know, else. So much not about drugs. It's I, cocaine. I think it was cocaine, it's but cocaine. you know. Anyway, and then so then they're like, can we get a half a kilo? And then Hanson getting antsy, obviously, to get this all done with, ups that to a, a whole... full kilo or a or a, a, key. a key. I love as they when they it. do the like, key. we're cool and we're gonna do the sl- the like slang terms, and they're like, One what key. about a whole key? And then those guys looked nervous, but they're like, yeah, we could do a whole key. Like, they're trying to, like, not... I love that the cool slang term is just taking off the last two letters (laughs) of it. But anyway... It um, saves time when you have to deal your drugs. Penhall, I think for the benefit of the audience, at one point says, yeah, you know, 2.2 pounds. I guess to point out how much much of the drugs we're talking about here. Not that it really matters, but yes. Or, ain't you learned the metric system? (laughs) Yes. Anyway, so that's that's basically the gist. We've set up what the what the situation is here. And we cut back to And I I I, I don't like these kids. I just want to say that. I know like, you know, that's well, they're the like, point. Yeah. They're squirrely druggies. I really don't like the ones that they beat up either. I'm like, what what is the purpose of this? Oh, I don't yeah. I did there's so few likable characters, except for like the, the primary ones. Well, I but... feel like it kind of muddies this it doesn't muddy the whole episode. Because, again, this is one of my favorite episodes, and we'll get to why. It's Sherilyn Finn. But, <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert, it's Sherilyn Finn. Because she's so, so beautiful. That mole on her eye. Okay, I'm getting distracted. So, <laughs> I feel like it muddies the waters that we have the two drug dealers, and then we have these two just, you know, meatheads who like are butting heads with them all the time. I feel like if they had maybe combined the characters a little bit or just completely taken out the meathead. Like it was it's not that confusing. It's not like you can't it's follow just it. Weird, but yeah. I don't understand what the concept was because you really want to focus on them trying to get I the I think drugs. you're trying to set up the McQuaids as, you know, what they the what guys. they do. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we, anyway, sense. we're back at Jump Street now, and, and Penhall is ticked about Hanson upping this, you know, because it's a lot of money that the department's obviously going to have to spend to buy a kilo of cocaine. And then also he was worried he was going to spook the drug dealers. He was like, yeah. uh, he looked like he had to go to the bathroom. And Hanson's like, we were in the bathroom. but um, just ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, Fuller says they can get still five million people in this goddamn chapel. I know it's it's crazy. Why? I don't what know. are they doing? I don't know. Taking paperwork, up, I guess. I guess paperwork, but like Middle are managers. all of them Well, that's my thing is like are they all people who are like paper pushers or are some of them also undercover agents? Like what is happening? Why are there so many people in this undercover unit? I don't understand. Yeah, it's supposed to be stand. undercover. But um anyway, Fuller and his beautiful sweater vest um show up to uh <laughs> essentially say I mean the, the gist of it is he's going to get them their $25,000. Yeah, he's that like, they "Yeah, need. no, that's no problem." Wait, what? <laughs> okay. Um, so it really wasn't So it, it settles the whole problem and and scene ends with Hanson and Penhall fake fighting each other, which is adorable. They like look about. We're like, "Oh, we're the McQuay brothers." Ho, yeah. ha, ho, ha. I love all their McQuay. I love the two of them when they can work off of each other like that. We're back at the school and we're at the uh I guess it's like the the counselor's office or whatever and Diane is is in there uh obviously she's one of those you know good goody two shoes kids who gets access to files because she gets into the filing cabinet uh to get her file to make photocopies um and handy for her that her last name is Nelson which is very close to McQuaid so you can see her grabbing um, I'm guessing it's Hanson's, but I don't remember what his which McQuaid he's supposed to be. But in any case, his Tommy. Tommy, that's right. They have they always have the same first name, always. I guess that's that way. They... Which I guess, which I guess, when you do that so often, and it's not like you're going to be undercover for like yeah. five years, it's so that you actually answer to people when they say, "Hey, Tom or Doug." But yeah. they're always Tom and Tom Doug. Doug. Their last names are only different. So obviously, she's interested in this McQuaid fellow. We don't know why yet, but he's. Uh, we're we're getting to the point that uh, he's of interest to Diane. So she wants to look at his file. And we mentioned earlier in this episode that Tom says something about, like, I wish they hadn't made me basically a murderer because cause I guess in his file that they made up for him, mm. he, like, killed a guy. Like, he yeah. killed someone, like, manslaughter or something. And so yeah. that's, like, now a rumor throughout the school that Tommy McQuaid killed a guy. Yeah. They're so bad, yeah, you he's, know. Yeah, because they're, they're like, always, like, wanting to go after Penhall because they're like, wait, is the other one's the one who killed the guy, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we cut to, from there, that's basically the end of that scene, the the diner scene, which is where we're now going to have the transfer of the key the, the, <laughs> the key okay. uh from our our outlander to <laughs> to the McQuaid brothers and uh up walks a mulleted what the 80s and mullets man drug dealer uh, obviously their dealer which is the whole point of this bust um mm-hmm. Uh, and and so they they make the exchange under the table under the table which I'm like how is that so we're in a diner and they're on each side of a booth. So they're handing drugs under the table. But I'm like, you can see that in a booth yeah. in a diner, right? Like I the guess, whole side yeah. is, is open. I mean the the drug dealer guy is sitting on the end, so I guess he he's like, you know, hiding it. <laughs> but also he's really clever because they're like, here's the money, where's the stuff? And he's like, I don't carry things with me. They that, have something. It's like I don't carry anything but my car keys. Yeah. yeah. He's like, they have something for you. So he had already given it to our other two guys. Yeah. And so he, And they're like, aren't you gonna count the money? He's like, it's okay if you don't if it's not all there, I'll kill you. So there's that. Alright. Um, <laughs> and Fair. At this point, in walk Fuller and Aoki. Fuller 
in uniform is so badass. He's got his sunglasses oh, on. Oh, he's, yeah. He just like strolls in. I'm like, he's so cool. Damn, Fuller. <laughs> get it. <laughs> What's funny cool. too is that he like, he's like, hey girl, the usual, like talking to the diner person. I'm like, that is so cute. And I okie in uniform. And of course they're like, be cool, be cool. It's cops. Yeah, what yeah. are we going to do? You know? They're like, we don't know anything. And and so Fuller walks up and tells them all like, can like, you guys are, you know, out of school. Like, and they're like, oh, we're. We're A students. We get a pass or something. And, and, he's like, and he's like, get back to school, basically. Well, yeah, he says that I know that whatever your school, which he's assuming is, I guess, the closest school. I know they don't have off-campus lunch, which I'm like, ah, oh, to have been able to have off-campus lunch would have made my life. Did you have off-campus lunch? So, yeah, if you were um, had a certain grade point average, um, you could apply basically and only a certain number mm. of kids could get it and you could you couldn't do it every day you had like once a week or once a month maybe and i think they got rid of it because people abused the privilege and yada yada also you also this was a total like class thing too you had to have your own car yeah yeah like and you had to have a registered car and i bet you couldn't like, like ride with a friend I think you could take, like, one friend with you, although I think then your, like, parents had to sign a waiver that, like, if you got in a wreck or something. I mean, something, I, get, you know. I get all that. Why? Because technically you're, the school is in charge of you The one thing that hours. we got to do when you were upperclassmen was you didn't have to eat in the lunchroom. There were other oh, designated cool. See, we didn't have any areas. of that. So, yeah. like, the year before I got to my high school, they had, I think, both off-campus lunch and, like, out-of-cafeteria lunch, like... Because we had quads and stuff, like you could go eat lunch in the quad and yeah. stuff like that. And then literally, basically, the year I showed up, they were like, we're not doing that anymore. I'm sure people were abusing the privilege or it, was yeah. just, it just got to be too much. Because, I mean, I think it would be hard to, like, supervise students. Because we actually had hallways in the school that were closed during lunch. Like, you could yeah. not be walking in those particular hallways. The school I, I was a librarian at for a while did that, too. We had school hallways that were closed. Because I was doing an errand for, I think, I'm sure it was, like, drama once, and the principal happened to see me in, like, a closed hallway and was <laughs> like, you guys need to get out of this hallway. And I'm like, I'm doing something that I'm <laughs> supposed to be doing. Like, where is the line drawn? Also, I'm like, hi, do you even know who I am? Because I'm never in trouble. <laughs> I promise yes. you I'm not up to something. You can walk three feet that direction to the bathroom where everybody's smoking and everybody knows everybody's smoking because <laughs> it smells like smoke. But, you know, that's up to you. I'm sorry. That always drove me right, crazy. All right. Let's get back on track. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just – I really wish that I could have had. Although, as short as lunch was, there's probably not really anywhere I could have gone. Yeah. I think they gave you, like, an extended lunch to go to, but, like – I don't know how that worked exactly. Yeah, I never did it. Sure so I never had a car. So that was part of it. <laughs> I love the drug dealer tries to get past Fuller and Aoki stops him and is basically like, you know, aren't you going back to it? He's like, well, no, oh, I'm sorry. He, he's like, you don't look like a student, which I'm like, how can you tell? He looks 75. Yeah. He's, he's, and, he's retiring next year, but he's a student at the high school. He says that, you know, <laughs> I finished my educational process. I love that, that term. So long story short, Fuller sees the bag in, of course, sees in quotes the bag in uh, Penhall's in possession, and says, "You know what's that?" and and sees that it's drugs. And the drug dealer tries to run. Aoki. He does that thing where he like rips it open and puts his finger in and tastes yeah. it. Yeah, I love that trope. Not I a love, thing. I love that cops tasting. First of all, I don't even know that like putting cocaine in your mouth. I guess you would know what it was, but I can't imagine that's a good thing for you to also, do. Also, the cops opposed to like also. No. You've t- tampered with evidence yes. at this point. <laughs> you cannot mess with evidence in that way. You 
put it to the side, you get it put into evidence. If you took that and you were like, yeah, I ripped it open and tasted it, you would have no case once it went to court because they'd be like, oh, well, he put it in there. I just had an empty bag. Like, oh, but it's such a, it's such a thing on TV. Like, I'm going to put this on my teeth and taste it and yeah, be like, oh, yeah, it is cocaine. This I'm is, oh, this is down. a particular kind from this part of Colombia <laughs> or whatever, too. Well... The other thing, just the police work in this scene is just A plus in general because then Aoki is like slamming the oh drug dealer on counter, he breaking like plates. Runs that guy down, slams him against the like counter. Like people are screaming. People it's like, are this like is what is happening? The middle of the day, and it's like, guys. Man, I love easy. I love when Fuller like grabs Pinhole's shirt and like lifts him up. Yeah. Which is funny because he's taller than him, but. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just. I always think it's fun when they, like, bust them when they're undercover because it's so fun to see that dynamic with them being the criminal. It's yeah, with, with – yeah. We go to – back to the school and the, the our, our preppy gangsters are, as I like to think of them, the, the really old-looking ones, are gossiping about, you know, what had happened and how they, everybody got arrested. And lo and behold, bam, the McQuaid brothers show up again. Yelling, ever heard of bail? You know? I love Tom says, but Mr. Harris, we couldn't come to class. We was in jail. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're hamming it up about how they were in jail. Um, also, I'll, I have in my notes, because I'm sure you're about to mention that she's there. I'm in a second. Yes, go ahead. Sherilyn Finn is so pretty. I'll never stop saying it. She's so pretty. She's very pretty. She has beautiful eyes. Oh I will God, say that. Oh my God, her eyeballs. You There's a lot get, of beautiful eyeballs. I can show. get lost in her eyeballs for days. And that she's mole very pretty. And the, Sherilyn Finn, if you're listening, you're not. But if you ever do, you're you're a beautiful woman. And you are still a beautiful woman. It's true. She's aged quite well, too. Yeah. Anyway, so the I don't know when this information is passed along because I just have the quote about it. But essentially, they've been told that even though the guys have gotten arrested, they're supposed to basically stay until the the case is done, essentially. Yeah, until everything's wrapped up. Stay undercover. And to which Hanson is like, this is the... A waste of two highly trained, moderately paid oh, city yeah, employees. Oh, yeah, because this is after. Yeah. So we're not at the high school anymore. No, this they're is, in the lunchroom. This, this is when they're in the lunchroom talking at this point. Oh, they're talking yeah. about what he had said to them. That's yeah. correct. Because okay. um, then this is that's when Diane shows up. And sits and at the table. And is making eyeballs. And so Penhall's like, oh, I guess I'll go. Cause yeah, he's, he's like, what is it he says? He's like, does your mama know you're here? Yeah. And he's, he's like, like are you lost? Say, I'm going to go get some Jello. <laughs> Which, I don't know if, in case I forget to mention it, the way Penhall eats Jello is like shoot is like Jello shots basically. Anyway, <laughs> the whole thing is anyway. Does your mama know you're here? Oh, so funny. So she's obviously showing interest in Hanson, although we're still not totally clear why. But I love his uh, Penhall's quotes. I don't remember the context, but he says, "You want to get dogged, be a dog," which is basically, I mean, the idea being <laughs> that Hanson. Being a bad boy is is what's attracting these beautiful women. It's like you're starting to figure it out, aren't you? Yeah. Um, so they which, they shoo her away. Which I'm a little. Yeah. I'm like, mm, but no, that's. I mean, the whole girls love bad boys thing. I don't know that it's really a thing. There are. I mean, some girls do like. I guess quote unquote bad boys, but. And and so later, but that's the, basically the gist of it. Because then later, Diane gets into Hanson's car as he's trying to leave. Yeah, um, and it's raining. And it's raining, and she's beautiful and wet, and all of this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she is. She has this interesting speech. Like I don't even know what accent it is exactly. It's well, very, and like, she's talking. I I don't know, because I mean I've heard her 
talk. I've watched her in lots of things. And it's not really the way that she normally is. I think she was trying to sound like a 16-year-old and very kind young, of a, yeah. a younger thing. But she kind of very has breathy. very breathy, like, I heard you killed someone. Did you really kill them? And, yeah. and like, she's really doing the vulnerable little... I'm not... It, it makes it sound like I'm saying that she doesn't act it well. She actually does a really great job. Yeah. But it, I think it's just trying to get Marilyn that, like, Monroe young almost. thing into it to yeah. sound younger. So, yes, as as you just pointed out, he she asks if he really killed someone. And he's like, uh, whatever. I don't know. He kind of evades it. He's like, why do you want to know? What does it matter? Like, And she finally just blurts out that she has $1,700 if he will kill her father. And now we know why she was interested. Um, and he's like basically totally shocked and like, uh, you know, he's trying to keep his tough guy veneer on, but clearly is ashen faced and basically, uh, no, I'm not going to kill your dad. And she gets, well, he doesn't really he doesn't say no, but he basically doesn't really he promise. He's like, like, why? What? what yeah. do you want? And she's like, just do it. And she leaves. Gets out of the car. Yeah. Um, so then we cut back to – I'm guessing this is probably where a commercial break happened in the original show because it feels very sudden to yeah. get back to 21 Jump Street where Fuller's reporting that Gibb um, is now out on bail and the, he, he has priors including assault with a deadly weapon. So, you know, watch out. Yeah, don't, right. Don't get yourself killed. It's a lot of paperwork. Yeah, it which, generates massive paperwork. <laughs> which I, I love that line. Fuller – I love Fuller. So, yeah, quick – as really, much as I love Jenko. Yeah, I was going to say, quick side note, he's such a different energy from Jenko, but it's still fun. It's just a different kind of thing. But Stephen Williams is fun because he plays that like hard-ass kind of thing, but you can tell he also cares about what he's doing and also is funny. Like, he has a sense of humor. It's just not in your face. Like, in yeah. some ways, he actually has more of a sense of humor than Jenko did. Like, yeah. it's just, you're not expecting it because he's so, like, no-nonsense. And I just, yeah. I love it. I love it. So uh, then we see Penn all asleep in what is clearly his apartment. Um, yeah, on his couch. Yeah. And so somebody is starting to break into his apartment. Okay, before we talk about this, can we talk about this outfit he has on? I, have, I do not understand what is happening with this outfit. Is this an outfit that he normally sleeps in? So he's got a t-shirt. I got the sense he fell asleep without expecting to, but, yeah, but continue. Was he working out? Maybe it's a work maybe it's a, an 80s thing that I'm just not understanding. He has on what look like like sweatpants, I think, but then he has like shorts on top of it. Yeah, the and layered thing with the thing. I I don't really understand what's happening with his clothes in this episode. Yeah, I didn't really pay that close attention because it just seemed like schlubby, but yeah. Also, this apartment is the saddest thing I've ever seen. It's clearly like it's, let's throw a couple things on the wall. Well, and make that's the this thing that, look like an apartment, right? Well, here's the it thing: like they're trying to make it look sparse well, and bachelor patty, but the problem is it's obviously a soundstage and a set, and it made but it, it look looks like, like a soundstage. Sound, yeah, it, it looks, looks like, like two people set. doing like a an indie film, like that's trying to show, trying to like be Brechtian and show you it the artifice it of it. The, it was so weird. <laughs> So we see a shadow of somebody breaking in and, and like searching for a key and finding a key. And what's funny is, is once he gets into the apartment, you can totally see the outline well, of who it is. Thing. And like, I think even at this point, watching this show before Johnny Depp was a thing, like I knowing Johnny Depp, the shadow on the wall is clearly Johnny Depp. Like yeah. there's no way it could be anyone else. And I don't, and then the, like the light is on and Doug like has his gun out Yeah, and he's like, it's me, Doug. It's yeah. He pulls a gun on him and he has, oh, he has headphones in. I don't remember having headphones in when he was laying on the couch, but then when he pulls the gun, he does. I don't know if he put the headphones in to like 
so he doesn't get deafened if he has to shoot a guy? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, well, um, I don't know what's happening. So the reason Hansen has broken in and woken Doug up in the middle of the night turns out to be, what, three in the morning or something? Something like that, yeah. Um, is, of course, he's, he's racked with guilt about the fact that Diane has requested this uh, hit from him and that he doesn't know whether to report it to because Fuller. Te- because technically that is a, is a felony yeah. crime when you are offering money to someone to kill someone. Ask Joe Exotic. I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually, money actually changed. This is our secret that. Tiger King tie-in episode <laughs> of Boom, Going to the were Chapel. were you surprised? <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, they're trying to get those ratings I up. bet Joe Exotic watched 21 Jump Street. Oh, it's trying to be his kind of thing. He well, probably yeah. wrote erotic fan fiction about it. <laughs> Hanson and Penhall. Wouldn't it be funny if he was like a ghostwriter to some of the fan fiction that we have? <laughs> it would. It would be perfect. I would love it. Um, so Penhall, if there's anything with tigers in it, we'll know. Yeah. <laughs> you, Sorry, you if know. anyone out there doesn't know who Joe Exotic is or Tiger King is, Why, where have you been living? But yeah. well, and especially right now in the year 2020, um, I think everyone who has been stuck at home has been watching it. So I actually like to true crime, but there's a true crime documentary basically about people who like own big cats and stuff. And basically everyone is garbage, particularly Joe exotic. He's almost come out to be like some kind of weird, like cult hero. And he's not, I just want to put that out there. He is a garbage human being. He put a hit out on somebody to murder them. Not to mention the fact well, and, that he and abuses that's like animals. The least problematic thing he did <laughs> okay and is a virulent racist and everything else but yes. we're getting way off track um so tom is hoping that doug like that he can trust doug he's like can i trust you with this and he seems like the whole scene is very weird he's like so like uh, about it and doug's like i don't know what tell me what you're wanting to tell me yeah and so he explains to him about diane nelson asking him to kill her father and immediately, Doug is like, I'm going to tell Fuller about it. <laughs> well, because Penhall is weirdly by the book at certain points, and this is like one of them. I guess he has like his moral Well, because it's like a felony, and I don't know. They go through like the official, like what this particular situation is called. Right. You know, what class the, it is or whatever. A class and whatever felony, like, yeah. like, well, I'm implicated now because you told me about it. So... That's basically that scene, and then we go to back to 21 Jump Street, the extremely crowded 21 Jump Street, <laughs> where um, Hanson is filing the report, um, and it, so what he's decided to do, and he tells Penhall... Yeah, because that was the other thing he told Penhall, is he didn't file a report about it, because he didn't want to report her yet. Right. Is he's going to f- file the report, have Penhall sign it, and then... Hansen is going to quote unquote forget about it in his back pocket, essentially, so that Penhall is then not implicated in the trouble. Um, and Penhall does not like this idea, but goes along with it. And of course, Fuller walks up while they're doing this, asking why they're not in school. That's the f- <laughs> that's the part that is so weird to me because they're like, "Hey, we're the McQuaid brothers. We skip class occasionally, whatever." Yeah. What's funny to me is I'm like, "When do they do their paperwork?" Because he went into the office to type that up because he yeah. could. He's gonna eventually like get in trouble for lot, like uh, not immediately doing it. But it's not like nowadays where they have a computer on them or a smartphone where they can immediately be like filing the report. I'm gonna file yeah. this report. Like yeah. so. It's funny to me that he gets in trouble for quote unquote typing up a report during school hours. I guess they have to do it as homework. I don't know. 
basically that's that's that scene then the next scene is <laughs> I, I wrote in my notes this is where I, I finally realized Tommy McQuaid I don't know it took yes. me this long to, to to clock that but I'm not that bright sometimes Tommy McQuaid so Diane and Hanson go into an abandoned classroom and she's uh, got this like giant 1950s cute little bow on again oh the bow the giant oh, bows cute. I can't how yeah. cute she is um and she's basically she's got the money, but Hanson is like, well, if I'm going to do this, I need to know why she's I'm like, doing it. Why do you want me to it. kill yeah. your father? I want a motive. She's like, it doesn't matter. And he's like, um, if she's... you want me to whack the guy, you got to tell me why. Like he's kind of because because Hanson, what the what the underlying theme is is that he's trying to get to the bottom of why this really nice girl like Diane, who's like a you know straight a student goody two shoes would be asking someone to kill her father like clearly something's going on right yeah she basically questions his toughness and like is like well are you as tough as you say you are she's really just trying every trick in the book to get him to do what she wants him to do and he essentially rebuffs her again she's like she's, you told me you'd do it just do it and he's like i never said i would do it <laughs> i don't think i'm gonna do it and back at jump street aoki has he's Hanson has had Aoki investigating Diane's background and trying to figure out what the heck is going on here. Um, and he's, he's basically like, well, there's, you know, one family disturbance, but we don't know what happened because I got hushed, hushed. And that's when he drops the bomb that Diane Nelson's Mr. Nelson dad has rank is Captain the Nelson, the head of uh, police administration, basically kind of their HR director, I guess. So now but, they're like, oh. So whatever is going on, whatever he's doing, which we all at this point, I mean, trigger warning, have an idea of yeah. what he's been doing to his daughter. Um, it's like, oh, well, here's why, you know. Yeah, there's no word about there's it. There's no word yeah. about it because yeah. he's a police officer and he can get things hushed. Right. <laughs> so we cut to a, a scene in Captain Nelson's office or just outside his office. Well, no, it's not his office. It's the office that has um, like the Oh, the files. files. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Because <laughs> again, He's pretending I, to be Mr. Nelson's, Nelson's assistant, assistant Hanson is pretending to be Nelson. And again, it's Johnny Depp in a cop outfit, which I continually have to point out is the most ridiculous looking thing. I mean, he looks fun. like the costume itself is fine. It's the fact that it's Johnny Depp. As a police officer, yeah, the man never is just never gets old. Funny to me. Well, and he's chewing gum, and like his I life mean, depends on it. Yeah, yeah he's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could do like ASMR. God, that I yeah. could. I can't do that ASMR. It makes me want to cry. I'd go screaming into the other room. But I mean, hey, some people it relaxes. Welcome to Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah. <laughs> this is a podcast. <laughs> How did we do? I don't, do I don't know. Again, I don't listen to ASMR, so I'm not really sure what they do. But I, I just love chewing gum just is such a great trick. It adds so much to a scene. We talked about this with Judy in Gotta Finish the Rith, how, she, how she's like, you know, the bad girl because she's chewing gum at school. You know, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and so this is the same kind of thing. He's like, he's it, it for him. I think in this is it gives him like a weird confidence because go ahead and talk about what, what happens in this scene, yeah. and what he does. So I'll get back to the chewing gum thing in a second, but the, yeah, the, so this, the, he's basically pretending to be Nelson's assistant to get his files. And he's like, uh, no, I'm not, I'm going to need to see some proof or whatever. He's like, oh yeah, go ahead and call. Yeah. Go call and enjoy, you know, getting sent to the worst part of town, essentially. Like, well, you basically, know. he, you know, he's like, uh, you're going to call him? 
okay, yeah. because if it's lost, it's not because he didn't send it to you. They're like, yeah. you know, request for the file. Yeah. It's because you lost it, and I don't want you to have to deal with that. Right. So he's he's making, totally bluffing. He's making yeah. up that, you know, he wants his own. Nelson is asking for his own file. Yeah. So that's the gist. The thing about uh, chewing gum. So he cons his way in there. That I don't know if it started with this or not. But um, oh, what's his name? I'm, I just totally blanked on it. In the heat of the night, I don't know what we're talking about. Um, so. Rod Steiger. Oh, and yeah, in the heat okay. of the night, is chewing gum constantly, constantly. in that movie because he was a, he was a method actor and it was like his his thing for his character. Um, and I don't know if that's where it started, but it certainly popularized the cops chewing gum thing, which has been the case ever since. Do you but, think it's because they were trying to get away from cops smoking no, all smoking. the time? Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't remember why. I remember seeing a thing about him making that choice, and I don't remember why it was. But anyway, not important. I'm just pointing out that it's the cops chewing gum thing is a pretty old trope. We go back to Fuller's, and I'd, I'd like to point out Fuller's very noirish office. The, the yeah, lighting is very, is very noir. you know, angular. And, you know, and, he has the thing behind him where, you know, I think doesn't he have one of the stained glass windows behind him? Like I it think looks so. like it looks like it may have yeah, been the old church, the you know, like the the yeah. maybe the rector's which I, office, which or I love. But um, and he's got a great sweater as always. And I kind of like the dynamic in this scene because this is another time when Hanson asks, "Can I trust you?" To and Fuller, it's so they make it very dramatic. Like this they, episode, tur- you you have your comedy with the McQuaid brothers, but it turns very quickly into something. Very important and very serious, and which I, you know, like. But he comes in like, like a little kid coming into your bedroom in the middle of the yeah. night, kind of thing. Because it's weirdly dark in yeah. this office. That's why you were saying the noir yeah. thing. Like it's so dark. The lighting is weird. And he like walks into the office, not completely lit. Yeah. Asking Fuller if he can trust him, and Fuller's like, maybe. <laughs> um, I like that Fuller. Fuller is. No nonsense, but yeah. Well, you know, I like questions. also that Fuller doesn't be like, yes, of course you can trust me with everything. He's basically like, no, he's like, a, no. Well, the reason I like that's... the dynamic here is there's still, you know, of course Hanson and Fuller got off on the wrong foot to start with. Yeah. So there's still this sense of they're both feeling each other out to see how this right. relationship is going to go. So Hanson finally does decide to trust him and reveals Diane's plan. And of course, at first he's like, "You sat pissed, on this? yeah, like." Are you kidding me? He calls yeah. Penhall in and gets Penhall, Reams Penhall and, and for it, too. You, it, uh, Tom is trying to cover for Doug being like, my partner had no idea that I was. And then he, and he, of course, is like, don't give me this my partner crap. Like, yeah, you know. Uh, to, to add, I guess, extra badness to what Hanson had done, he reveals that he did, in fact, get the files. Yeah, because he's like, is this all of the situation? Is this the whole story? And Penhall thinking this is the whole story, says yes. Yeah. And Tom says, no, I pretended to be his assistant and got access to his files. Yeah. And then explains that there was a disturbance at one point, but it's been covered up and that he has rank and that maybe there's a lot of parts in the file that even he couldn't get to. Yeah, I think it's something about this file being like Swiss cheese or whatever, yes. but yeah. <laughs> and so Fuller, as like every captain in every cop movie and show Always have favors downtown. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's like, let me let me see if I can cash in some, cash in some of my favors yeah, that yeah. I have downtown. And I'm like, yeah. how like how many favors can the man have downtown? <laughs> like, it's so funny to me that that's always a thing. Like, because because we have to get around like the actual rules and regulations of real police work. We have to be like, oh well, you know, I have favors downtown, so I'll I'll let me do that for you. 
so back at school, the the McQuaid brothers are split up. So the first uh, of the two scenes with them is Penhall strutting his way down back into the bathroom. God, he's beautiful. Okay, sorry. Um, I have to have one every episode. And this is, I think, one of the places where the the I, in this in my notes here, I call them the animal house or the preppy bad guys. Yeah, whatever the, the preppy bad guys who uh, they got in a fight. Or like with. this is not the you know the one who kills people, right? I think it's one of those places. But anyway, yeah, they end up having a giant fight in the bathroom that they have to break up. And he's like, I know, I know, you know. Uh, he has like a bloody nose, and they yeah. all have to be sent to the principal's office. And they're like, "Where's the other McQuaid?" And he's like. Great question. Like, yeah, Pinhall's kind of pissed because that, he doesn't yeah, he has know no where, idea where Hanson is. Hanson is. And so we cut to Hanson, um, like a stoop kind of outside the school, I guess you would call it, basically turning down Diane's request and saying he's not going to do he's it. Like, I'm definitely not going to do yeah, this. Yeah, this is, I'm not going to. I, I was distracted here at this point because Depp has great hair in this scene, by the way. He does. Just beautiful Those hair. Those two are beautiful people like yeah and this is one of the many scenes in which i feel like their romantic chemistry kind of pokes its little head and i think that's the problem with this episode is that i genuinely believe that tom in this instance wants to help a teenage girl who clearly has something going on in her life Mm -hmm. and that's why he sat on telling people about the charge and everything yeah but it almost reads as like he's attracted to her or there's something romantic going on. And I think that's just because they were dating at the time because I don't think that's even supposed to be subtext. No. Like, that's not the point. Weirdly, dating a teenage girl is not the point of this episode. Yes. <laughs> not, Good job, 21 Jump Street. Not okay. Um, and then we, so Diane, needless to say, is, is ticked and oh, storms she's off. She's really extremely upset. angry. We cut back to the principal's office. Um, <laughs> Not, you know, Penhall is, is doing his thing. Well, but. and this is annoying because those two guys are like, he he jumped us. It was him. It was all him. He's like, he's like yeah, I jumped the two of you. What am like, I, stupid? I had to fight all of these guys And off. so he got in trouble for it, even though they, it was two guys against him. Clearly, they, like, jumped him. Yeah. I would have been like, whatever. But they suspend, he gets suspended. Well, they, they suspend the guys for one week and then suspend him for two weeks and he mouths off and they're like, oh, let's make it three weeks. And he's like, all right. And then and he, he kisses, kisses his forehead. the principal's forehead. It's such amazing. A, such a delicate cannot. Move. Oh my God. Um, I wonder, watching that, I was like, I wonder if that was scripted or if that's just something that Delois did because it was hilarious. And it seems like a choice he would make. So I don't know, but it was great. I loved it. Back at 21 Jump Street, uh, Fuller has cashed in said favors. And so the, the the long story short is four years ago, Nelson's wife died. And then clearly some abuse was beginning, although he said it's all oblique is his word for mm-hmm. what's there because clear, there was, you know, sent for counseling and, or anger management or something like that. Um, um, trigger warning and spoiler alert. He's a rapist, and or at we least, hate him. At the very least, sexual molestation. I well, don't know if we ever get clear that he's rape. rape that's but rape. Yeah, that's well, rape. there is a legal difference, whether there's a moral difference, but... Um, well, she's a yes. child, so... <laughs> and once this is revealed, uh, Penhall has the great well, line... Well, no, they they still don't... They actually don't know that that's what it is. I'm saying that because that's what we get to, but... It's still not that clear, even in what Fuller found as yeah. to what's going on. And Tom says, I think I know what it is. And right. then their realization happens. And then Doug says, maybe you should whack him. Maybe I'll do it for you. And yeah. I'm like, that is correct. Perhaps someone should whack him because, ooh, mm, that dad, I, mm, I can't do it. 
Move on. Move on. Um, So Fuller basically says the only way we're going to get anything done here because of Nelson's captain Nelson's position is to get her to file charges Mm -hmm. um, against him. And given that the abuse is ongoing, it's obviously well within the statute of limitations and all that good stuff. So she could do it. Um, So which sucks because it's so hard. Let me get on a little bit of a soapbox here. It is so hard for victims to come forward. And I get so frustrated when victims come forward after like several years or months or whatever, when people are like, why didn't they report it sooner? It's like, that's terrifying and this is her father and she's like a 16 year old girl yeah she doesn't have a mother to protect her we find out later she has a younger sister who i'm sure she's trying to protect and who knows he's probably like threatened to kill her he's a police officer everything has been swept under the rug so far because of that which that shit gets on my nerves too oh yeah i don't care brotherly whatever with police department if you find out that you know someone and they're molesting their daughter done they should be done. Well, and you have a duty to I report mean, at that point, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it, you know. So she obviously... I mean, obviously, she wouldn't just ask someone to kill him for for shits and giggles. Like, she thinks that that's her only option. Right. She would rather pay someone to kill him than report him because it clearly hasn't worked for her now. That right. is why people don't report. It's very hard to get out of those situations. If you are in that situation... Please go to an adult who you trust and find help. Yes. Contact Rain. Contact the police. If the police won't help you, find me. I will. <laughs> well, there's there's usually most cities, and I know like our city has um, like battered women's shelters and that yes. sort of thing. Will, but again, that will I just you, wanted but, to yeah. reiterate that like he's saying basically the only thing that will happen is if she reports it, and I mean. And he's right. It's I mean, really unlikely that a 16-year-old girl will report Well, we kind of get father. into that in the next scene here. Because yep. um, Hanson meets Diane in a grocery store. Makes it look like happenstance, but obviously it's it's planned. And Hanson pulls, in this case, finally the right timing. Pulls the move that he, to reveal that he is a cop. Which she's like, oh great, you're a cop. Ugh. Like, yeah. it freaks her out, obviously, because she, you know... Uh, and basically tells her that what she needs to do. And Diane, this is where you comes into what you were talking about is basically says, you know, nobody's going to believe me. Like, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. she's already called the cops twice and nobody's ever believed her. And so she doesn't see how that's going to help at all. Yeah. And he tells Um, her that he believes her and stuff, but at this point she doesn't trust the system because the system has failed her. Yeah. And she's, uh, and, and, you know, he's, I think she believes that he believes him. He believes her. Yes. But but, um, that doesn't help. Um, Somewhat superficially in a, in a very serious scene here, both of their eyeliner games are on point. Oh by my the way. gosh! Um, lots of true. lots of eyeballs in this scene. So pretty. They're both so pretty. I don't know if I've mentioned it, but they are both so <laughs> pretty. <laughs> Cut to a bar. Uh, Hanson meets Fuller at the bar and asks for a glass of water, and he's like. Are you sure about that? <laughs> Always a square. Well, he said, yeah, because he says, I drink when I'm drink, I'm mad when I'm mad, and I try not to, you know. Yeah. Combine the two. Combine the two, or however he puts it. But then he goes, actually, could you make, th- what, did, what does he ask for? I don't, I don't know, make it, make it something alcoholic, but. Yeah. Um, Fuller's basically like, you know, did you succeed? And no, I didn't. He's <laughs> he like, says, I broke that girl down in the produce section. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like I he did, did everything I could do, basically. The could, you know. So Fuller's gambit at this point. And this is, you know, it's probably their only move. Well, this move. is similar to our last episode, too, I think. Like, yeah. sometimes with 
kids in that situation. Is that they have to arrest Diane on the charge of soliciting murder Mm -hmm. um, in order to get her out of the house. And then they can try to work on the other charges once, you know, once that's the case. But that's sort of the only way to get her out of the situation. Yeah. Um, Hanson, of course. And then they're like, and then, you know, once we get her some help, we can look into the dad you know right uh you know he Hanson wants to make the arrest because i'm pretty he's very sure at that point invested. i am pretty sure that when a teenager i mean i don't know what it if it would have been different in the 80s but i'm pretty sure that when a teenager is arrested you know family services get involved and things like that so that might be their best bet to help her so as i just said he wants to Hanson wants to make the arrest because he's obviously emotionally invested at this point um, which isn't protocol normally yeah but, but fuller is like all right, fine, don't screw this up. <laughs> to which Hanson's like, thanks. Uh, but, oh, he doesn't screw it up. It's fine. Um, Everything's fine. <laughs> doesn't technically screw it up. Uh, I don't we'll, think, we'll, I think... <laughs> we'll get well, there. We'll get there. Um, he actually, does screw up in one way, and I will... That is that is the next scene, actually. So here we are. Here we are. Uh, at the Nelson house. Hanson's there. Um, <laughs> this adorable... We, the little sister. Little sister lets, lets him in, which I think adds She's like, to, a like, boy's here to see you, which again, I'm like... Yeah, he's a boy here to see you. Yeah, the little the boy. He looks like a teenager. Um, I, I think having the little sister answer the door certainly turns it for the audience and sort of like, a, oh yeah, there's another girl in mm-hmm. this house because uh, yeah, there's mm. that. And and basically, I'm already he, getting mad. He tell he gets Diane, you know, like the dad's in the living room, so he get and she's like, takes what are you her into doing the kitchen, here? and they're kind of whispery because he's like, and get he her out tells of the house. her to yeah. send the, the little yeah. sister away, so she goes next door, which I'm like, well, that's good because um, mm. Nelson, the asshole. He looks like Peter Parker's boss from Spider-Man. Uh, J- Jameson. Yep. Yeah. He does. It's a little bit. I, he, I could see that. Yeah. If he was a, if he was more of an asshole. Jameson's not an asshole. I mean, he gets kind well, of... Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, um, you know, a rapist and a child molester and someone who deserves death. Anyway, uh, continue. So he's trying to get Diane out of the house or try to arrest her and get, you know, And I think whatever. here's where one... I will say something that I think was a mistake on Hanson's part was what he had said to Fuller was don't just let some uniform that person that she doesn't know go in to arrest her. Like she's had trauma and everything, but he doesn't come in uniform. So he's in street clothes and the dad, like they're whispering and stuff. And she's like, I'm, I have to arrest you. And she's like, what? No, I'm not going with you. Which is funny. Cause I'm like, no, Diane, literally he's arresting you. You can't say no. Uh, and the dad comes in, yeah. and she's like, "Daddy, don't make him make me go with him." So of course he thinks it's just some some creeper punk kid. kid, yeah, yeah. Um, He's like, "I'm sorry, and so, I'm the one that molests her, not you." I'm sorry, I can't yeah. this dad. And so. Basically, Hanson tells him he's a cop and he's going to take her out. He's like, no, you're not. And so they get in a scuffle, a physical confrontation. Uh, Hanson pulls a gun. <laughs> Slow-mo. Um, I'm a cop. It's very, that's a little bit cheesy. I have and to say, then what but, happens? And then what and then, happens? And then, his and gun, then what happens? And then his gun discharges. He shoots the motherfucker. <laughs> um, accidentally, as it turns out. but It was, well, yeah. I mean, he was just, they I mean, were he in had a, a gun he out had to get away from scuffled. him. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, I and Amanda cheers very loudly when this occurs. <laughs> I mean, not for vigilante justice, but it worked. It worked out. Mm, not usually, but I'm I'm here for it. Um, so Fuller runs in and so says, Remember "Call an ambulance!" So bright, I gotta wear shades. He got that treatment. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, oh yeah. <laughs> Does this show us like killing? Yeah. Off so his Fuller baddies? and them all come in, and and Tom is in clear shock. Oh, yeah. well, and he's you, like, I, 
I, sh- I shot him. I shot him, I, yeah. I had to. I didn't I didn't mean to. I don't know when they're like, well, we I screwed like, this up. Again, it's another another point in the show's favor that also, shooting a person, even a complete asshole, is still a traumatic experience for somebody. I do like do. that they bring that out. Because like a lot of yeah. cop shows, they like shoot people and they're like, yeah, I shot a person. What? That's yeah. what you do. Which, well, it is what a lot of them do. And so a little bit of time elapses. Um, obviously, internal affairs is now that they've like roped the place off, and they've got got the guy in the ambulance, uh, Nelson in the ambulance, and they you know have given Diana sedative and yes. um, and basically this just does not look good for Tom. Yeah, they, internal affairs basically thinks that Hanson has lived up to because, his contract. Well, because they bring up the so um, we have this con this you know yeah. killing for hire issue that was not properly filed and. He shot the guy. I'm still, I'm like, yeah, I guess technically he screwed up, but I don't think he screwed up. <laughs> well, an official, it's, it's cute. You know He's how like a, I think he screwed up? He shot the guy in the stomach and the guy went to the hospital and is going to live. Boo. Spo- spoiler alert. Um, Boo. Anyway. So officially, Internal Affairs has no opinion yet, obviously, because they don't know what happened. Um, well, because he do, basically says something yeah. like, I think he was here to finish what he was asked to do. And yeah. and Fuller kind of says, that's out of line. You yeah. Know? Fuller, this is what Fuller I like. Fuller is on this is, back. This is, sure. again, aside from the drama of it all, and aside from the Cheryl and Finn of it all, this is actually one of the reasons why this is one of my favorite episodes, is because Fuller doesn't let them get away with bullshit, but, you, but this episode really shows you that he will have their back, which I like, because mm-hmm. he has his back. He's like... No, he's a good officer, you know. Eh, is he? But anyway. <laughs> um, so they, they do cuff Hanson. He's trying to get, and then Fuller tries to get him to not cuff Hanson, but Hanson's basically like, it's all right. You know, obviously they take his gun and bag. Not the but... first time Johnny Depp has been in handcuffs. <laughs> or the last. Yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, so we, we go. Just a, just a comment. I don't know. I'm just, uh, just a comment. To internal, Just my opinion. to the internal affairs office, which is where we find out that Nelson's going to live. And I think this storyline is why there was some talk about Sal possibly being undercover internal affairs. Although, I mean, it was before all this happened, so I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a silly. It's weird. Um, um, anyway. And Hanson's like, am I under arrest? And they're like, no, you're under investigation, basically. Um, they're... And Fuller is just done with all of this. Oh, he He's makes snarky so, remarks so and shit. I love it so much. She's um, like, I'm going to go somewhere where they have better coffee. Like, oh, shit, I love you. Yeah. I do. I love him in this uh, scene. The internal affairs guys mainly seem to be worried about the press about it, which, I mean, I get. There's going to be a lot of bad press for the oh, police department. But, well, maybe, well, you know, mind. They shouldn't have covered up. Although, I guess probably he did his own cover See, up, but you know. But still, that's my thing. Is yeah. I'm like, How many people well, knew about all this stuff? I don't know. But, well, exactly. Um, so we get back to the to the hospital where Diane is. Bless um, her baby heart. And Hanson's visiting her and reveals who he really is. Um, well, she knew. Remember, he told her and he broke her down in the. Well, no, he reveals his real name here. Is what oh, I his have. real name. Name. No, he revealed oh, that he was okay. a cop, but he never said it was his actual name is Tom Got Hansen. It. Got it. And, and says, she breaks my heart. Yeah, because Hanson basically scene. says, you know, she's like, "Are you going to get in trouble?" And he's like, "Well, it's kind of up to you." And if she's you like, "Talk about your, you know, if you basically." Right, she doesn't want to tell her story, obviously, and she like breaks she down says, in tears. She, 
She's like, I, I, everybody's gonna think I'm disgusting. No and one will like me. No one no will one like will love me. me. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. tears streaming down my face because <laughs> that is how a lot of abuse from oh, survivors yeah. feel, and it, oh, it breaks my heart because. You are worthy. You are loved. He's the trash. He is yeah. the trash. You are not the but, trash. But you, you are like a beautiful you're... queen who lived through trauma. Yeah, and Hanson, you know, and she's oh, I love her. Kisses her forehead, which is slightly well, inappropriate. I wrote but, that you know. down. Like he, he, she, like you know, breaks down and is crying, and he kind of like hugs her, and he kisses her forehead. And this is something that I think does not. It's it's like what I talked about before. It does not read well in this episode because I'm like, why yeah. is this adult police officer kissing her on the forehead? Especially considering that she is a sexual abuse victim. That's a little sketchy. Yeah. I mean, he's trying. He, what he's doing is trying to make her feel safe and comfort her and I think it's just because the two of them were dating I don't know if that was like a last minute decision on Depp's part to kiss her on the forehead but that's a really intimate thing Yeah. and so it makes it look like there's like a thing going on between the two of them but again I don't think that was the intention no. <laughs> I think he legitimately cares about her no and a forehead kiss is not necessarily a, a romantic gesture per se it can no, be just it just seemed care, it but. just it was just weird in that scenario and I think it's because they had chemistry because they were actually dating at the time. And so we get back to Fuller's office um, where we find that uh, Diane is not going to get charged, obviously, with her solicitation crime. Uh, and then Hans is going to get his gun back. And this is the, the place where if you want to well, – we won't belabor the point about uh, sexual abuse and whatnot. But the, apparently the theory in the late 80s was that this was – he deserves your pity, not your hate – because, because he's sick. Because the dad that is. I wrote, because he's sick. Nah, he deserves your hate. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I mean, yes, sometimes mental illness can lead to abusive behavior or it's a chain of abuse like they were abused and but therefore there are they plenty continue of abuse. Mental you know, there are yeah. plenty of people with mental illness who don't abuse their children. Also, I mean, yeah, they, they just didn't know what to how to classify it. They didn't understand what would make somebody like he's just a trash person he's yeah just, i mean i mean there's there's i'm sure i mean i'm sure he has some reasons kinda, for there's damage there that causes you to do such a thing and but, abuse can be cyclical so perhaps he was abused that's as a what child I was just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah i mean who knows but yeah i i, I wouldn't i wouldn't i don't pity him and I then, wish, and then you get, they get into a conversation alive. about um this is where the ever have you ever shot anybody before um and, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Hanson had never even shot a gun before, much less shot anybody. Um, yeah. Well, he's shot so, a gun before, but he's never actually shot anyone. So this is definitely him. sort of like the, the getting into the deeper stuff, deeper water here. Which um, I like. I like that they, again, I like that they show a police officer actually reacting to shooting someone. Not like, this is just my everyday life because I'm a cop and I can do it if I want to. But more like, you shot a human being. Was he a garbage human being? Absolutely. Should he have died? 100%. But <laughs> yeah. that's still going to create trauma. That's, tra- that's a traumatic experience for him. And Diane's going to get money, I guess, so she doesn't sue and therapy, which is 100% necessary. Um, and apparently guardianship of her sister, which I find weird to give a 16-year-old guardianship of anybody. I mean, maybe but... they just don't have any... Yeah. Any, like, close family. Well, at least your sister's taken care of. Is that the makes idea. me think of Lilo and Stitch. And then Penhall arrives to lighten the scene up a bit, to uh, reunite like, the you, McQuaid you brothers. You hear him before he even comes into the office. He's like, whoa. Yeah. Like, and he's like, got your badge back. Yeah, yeah. He's so excited to have The cutest thing I've ever seen. The, the, the buddy cop comedy oh can continue. Oh, my God. It's so cute. So, I love how much they love one another. It's, it's very cute. 
I mean, I, I think that had to have continued given that uh, both in real life as well as in the show in that uh, the cameo that Johnny Depp does in the 21 oh. Jump Street movie was predicated on... Peter DeLuise yeah, being, being able to be there, too. Able I know. To there too, I love that great. so much. Anyway, almost done. Two more scenes. Penn I... Hall in the bathroom. Oh, uh, yes. With, with the drug dealers. The, he reveals... When the, that he's a cop. <laughs> we get to this point and I was like, oh, right, there was another storyline. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't about Diane. I forgot. And so instead of going, they reveal their cops and so they get everybody against the they wall. They arrest everyone. And this one kid who they kept kicking out comes in and is watching yeah, them all one, get arrested. Yeah, this one like dorky kid kept trying to come in the bathroom while they were like doing their drug deals and stuff. And they're like, are you, are you crazy? Get out of here. But this one, he's like, yeah, that's more Now that's more like it. Very weird. Weird accent. And there's a that's freeze frame. more like it. With them patting the guys down. Um, which you think would be the end of the episode, well, but then, then there's... Well, then they have this quasi-almost PSA. It's not a PSA because it's still the, end, the yeah. episode, but I I take issue with this conversation, but you go ahead and talk about it, and we'll talk about it. Again, it was the 80s, and I think that's why. Yeah. Uh, basically, this is about the, the dad again, so he's basically like... Well, he's on the dad. beach walking with um, Diane. Hans is walking with Diane. Um, and again, this is one of those things where I, I think... It might be there might be the accidental people thinking that there's more to this than it is because she's like says something about him hanging out with her and he's like I want to hang out with you but it's not he's not being I think he's an adult trying yeah. to look after a child who has been through a trauma and they you just know, happened to be dating at the time so it was weird <laughs> yeah it's just trying to wrap up the Diane story basically and I mean there's not really a lot else to say about it just that you well know. she has this whole thing about you know he asks her if she thinks she's gonna be okay and she is and. She says, you know, it's really hard because sometimes he was actually a good father. Right. Like, they're, well, he's like, well, you know, is that's good that he was good sometimes. And she's like, he, he's sick or he has a disease, Diane, you know. Yeah. I don't know. She, he kind of makes it out to almost tell her she also should. I don't remember exactly what he says. Yeah, I didn't write it down. But, but it, it's basically like, well, don't, you know, you can remember the good times too. And he was still your dad. I don't know. It felt a little... I think these are things that she's going to have to deal with when she's... That's going to take years of therapy to right. actually get to. Yeah. And I don't think that at this at this juncture she needs to be told, well, yeah, your abuser was nice to you sometimes. So right. that's good. That's a good thing. Like, no, he was manipulating her, you know. I mean, well, I'm sure yeah. he was her there dad. Were... So I'm sure there were, like, small moments where he did dad things. But that doesn't mean that he was a good dad or a good person right. and I don't I don't remember exactly how they put it but I'm a little uncomfortable with it but again I think that was just a thing for the 80s but she seems pretty they're healthy trying to, I guess they're trying to show us Diane that Diane's going to be able to move on and yeah. have a happy and, life and kind I think of thing that's I think that's the important trying to end the episode on a slightly happier note um, also I just want to mention for the record again because I, I haven't said it in a little while Sherilyn Finn is so pretty <laughs> And those if eyebrows. If you take one thing away from this episode. Those eyebrows, man. Ugh. And she was really good in this episode. So And it ends wait, it ends in a freeze frame when he asks, You don't bowl, do you? And <laughs> which she is a nice callback. At him, which is great. Because bowling. I mean, again, I love bowling, but moving on. And that's the that's the actual freeze frame to end the episode. And so yeah, that was blindsided. This really is one of my absolute favorite episodes because I love any time that Pete and Johnny do McQuaid Brothers stuff because it's yeah. hilarious. And I just, well, as we've mentioned, I love Sherilyn Finn, but I really, I think she did a good job. I think that this episode was acted very well because we've talked about how 
kind of over dramatic some of them can be and i feel like it was dramatic well it doesn't have the jarring tonal shifts where you have like these goofy 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 and then suddenly one scene where it's like drama like comparing it to the last episode bad influence i feel like it's a big step up from no i mean you know no shade to any of those actors but like well the writing is better in this one it's it's really good writing and just uh, you know it yeah. takes the situation very seriously, which I like, but it yeah. still has that humor to kind of keep you from being like, oh, God, this is the worst. But I do think that she, I mean, we did talk about that her voice was a little bit odd because she was kind of, I think she was trying to young herself trying up Trying to young herself yeah. up next to Depp, which I, I mean, I get. Yeah. But it didn't, I don't think it took away from the performance. No. I think she did actually a very good job. No, I liked the episode. I feel like it was cohesive in a way a lot of these episodes aren't. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like disjointed you know yeah it was all one story even though there was the drug dealer side plot but that felt organically fitting into the whole thing yep. even sort of as the it started as the a plot became the b plot and then you know it yeah. sort of all worked together so it was yeah i liked it a lot um what was your favorite 80s ish thing in this episode i was trying to think of that myself because i almost want to say that first scene was just all of the hair as usual it's always it's usually the hair yeah the hairstyles are pretty much always just spectacular so i was trying to remember because honestly i wasn't paying that much attention to the 80s stuff because i am just so into this episode i don't think there was a lot of like my favorite 80s niche in this episode is the relationship between johnny depp and Sherilyn finn (laughs) yes uh yes they were so cute yeah, no, I think, I mean, I, I think part of, the, I wasn't distracted by the 80s-ness, which was probably a good thing. It means that I was it actually... It holds up fairly well, aside from a little bit of right, the weirdness, whole, cons- the, the idea regards that to sexual abuse. abuse is just a disease, not not a choice, which is not what anybody thinks anymore. But, uh, I mean, not to say that you can't have, I mean, sex addiction is a thing, but that well, doesn't mean you abuse children. You know, it's, it's two different things. It's like, there yeah. are people who are bipolar who get into manic you know, episodes and they don't go out and start murdering a bunch of people because they have energy. It's like you're still, even if you do suffer from mental illnesses, which we don't even know if he did, but you are still held accountable for your actions. Yes. Also, don't be garbage. If I can, if you can take away anything from this podcast, do not be garbage, eat the rich. (laughs) And on a really, really more serious note, if you have been traumatized in your past, if you are currently suffering from any kind of abuse, just know that you can rise above that. If you need to reach out for help, reach out for help. Contact, there's so many great resources. Rain is a really good one. And yeah, there are a lot, you know, and If there is someone in your life that you trust, it is okay to talk to them about it when you are ready. But also, if you are not ready to open up, just know that you are valuable. Though that's my like serious, (laughs) serious moment. Yeah, in in terms of of the podcast, not not being ready to open up. If you are in that situation, I mean, therapy is always a good idea, and that's a place where you can open up where somebody is like literally legally required to. I mean, I guess if you are start revealing 
current abuse, they are probably, I don't know, they have a duty to report, but you know. Um, But nonetheless, if you just are dealing with PTSD or something like that, that's a good place to start too. Absolutely. Anyway, that's That's our PSA PSA for this otherwise fun series, but um, I'm sure we'll be back next week with a slightly different flavor of 21 Jump Street. Yeah, I I didn't actually, we haven't watched it yet, so I didn't actually look to see what the next episode is. I can't think off the top of my head. Uh, It's all good, but join us next time. Yes, and... (laughs) I actually have stuff written down because I'm learning how this podcast thing actually go. works. Go so for that it. I can Please give us the podcast, say. a professional podcast ending here. So we are on Instagram as going to the chapel podcast. I like to post, I post pictures of Christopher and I, I post um, fun pictures like snapshots, screenshots from what episode that we are talking about that week. So you can go take a look at that. And probably this week it will be Cheryl and Finn, I'm just going to say. <laughs> and we also have an email address, going to the chapel pod at gmail.com. Please, if you would um, feel the need to contact us and talk to us, we would love to hear from anyone. Miss Cheryl and Finn, if you <laughs> are listening to our podcast, if and you'd like completely to email, creeped out. and you'd like to email us and maybe be a guest, wouldn't hurt my feelings. I'm still waiting on caboodles. To be our, yes. a sponsor for us. As often so, as we say kitten caboodle. Well, and also as many caboodles are as are in our house right it's now. True, it's true. It's it, true. I, I have an obsession, I think, and it started in the 80s and 90s, so that's me. But yes, if you want to contact us for any reason or to tell us how ridiculous we are and that you hate listening to us, that's fine. You can email us that too, whatever. <laughs> we also actually have a Patreon, and currently we don't, it doesn't look like we have a lot of offerings on Patreon, but we're going to. Currently, for um, $5 or more Patreons, we have Narc Blossom stickers, and they are adorable. They're, they're awesome. very, yeah, I have one on my laptop right now, and they're really, I designed them, and they're very similar to our logo, and they say Narc Blossom, and anyone who joins Patreon, will receive a Narc Blossom sticker. And you know you want a Narc Blossom sticker. Who doesn't want a Narc Blossom sticker? It's the best. And we hope to maybe have videos, live videos, basically create a community over on Patreon. So check us out over there, patreon.com slash going to the chapel pod. And finally, you can find us. I mean, you're listening to us, so you've clearly... Irene, our dog, is just the worst right now. She hates when we podcast because we're not giving her attention but anyway you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, stitcher those are like the main ones and i think i don't know what other kinds of podcast things you use but most of the time if we're on apple Podcasts, you can find you can find us other podcast places and that's all that i have do you have anything else to say to the lovely people christopher Thanks for listening. We're having fun doing it. Also, please, if you are listening to this and you like it, or even if you don't like it, (laughs) rate and review us on Apple Apple iTunes. Apple iTunes. (laughs) (laughs) Apple Podcasts. It used to be called iTunes. Yeah, yeah, no, I got you. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and that way, you know, people will see us. It works with the whole whatever the algorithm thing is that's happening. I don't know. Yes. But, you know... 
give us some stars. We prefer five stars, but you know, you do you, boo. <laughs> and uh, please leave a review. I'd love to hear people say, hey, they're funny. Hey, they're not funny. Hey, what the hell is 21 Jump Street? Hey, I love Johnny Depp. Hey, I hate Johnny Depp. Hey, I'm Sherilyn Finn. Stop talking about me. <laughs> if that happened i would die so anyway uh please write and review us contact us if you'd like we have fun doing this and we hope to continue it for a long time okie doke thank you for listening (laughs) and you're gonna learn something when we meet you on the pod